Welcome to the Hope on the Hard Road podcast, where you and your family can find community, find encouragement, and find hope for the road ahead. Speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so that you will all be together in this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Hey guys, we are so excited to share this podcast episode with you. We're continuing on in our family series with a special parent panel interview from our recent date night event. Let me pause and say that If you missed the event, be watching for more marriage resources coming soon. Each of these couples are an amazing example of marriage in the midst of hard circumstances. Each has a child with a different diagnosis, and each are in different stages of life, but all have been on a similar journey with special needs. We hope you enjoy this episode. And so we're going to start with um, just introductions. So we'll start right here. Hello, my name is Andy Feth, Uh, my wife Julia, we are, uh, well our daughter Claire is 34, she has Down syndrome, and I guess one unique thing for us, we're actually a blended family, we combined our families uh, almost 19 years ago now. Hi, I'm um, Sherry Monas, this is my husband Steve, our daughter is 33, um, and she's on autism spectrum. Hi. I'm Cheryl Jordan, and this is Rob. We've been married 30 years, and I don't think our diagnoses are going to be that quick, guys. Sorry. (laughs) That's totally Um, fine. We have two adult kids. They're 20 and 22, and between the two of them, um, they've got almost everything in the DSM that you could have. So ADHD, autism spectrum, um, attachment stuff, Our son with autism had suicidal ideation and depression at age eight. Um, Our other son, the one with the attachment stuff, has really severe anxiety, um, which led to some really difficult teenage years, actually both for both of them. So um, I kind of describe, or we describe our life as whack-a-mole. For the longest time, it was like problem, smash that down, and then as soon as you'd get one stabilized, the other one would just pop up with something even crazier. So that's, I think, that's, is that? Summary. <laughs> Hi, my name is Andrena, and this is my husband, Emmanuel. We've been married 14 years, this year in August. <laughs> Um, And we have a son who is 10, and he has, um, it's called Soto Syndrome. It's one in every 16,000 live births. And our daughter this year got um, diagnosed with uh, generalized anxiety disorder and uh, depression. So every day it's something new, and we're learning, and we're just going with it. Mm, Thank you guys so much. So I think we're going to start with the feths here with this first question. How did you guys handle your child's diagnosis? And did either of you struggle with your faith and wrestle with God over it? And if so, do you want to share a little bit about that? Um, Sure. So Julia wasn't there for for the birth. Like I said, we're a blended family. Um, 
so my uh, just briefly, my first wife passed away from cancer uh, 20 years ago, so that's why we're together now. But for Claire, when she was born, we didn't know prior that uh, you know, she would have Down syndrome. So we found out while she was in the hospital, and it it was a pretty rough, uh, I guess, coming to grips with that. Uh, and not like it came to grips that day by any means. But I think originally it was, like I say, it was a shock. I think it was, there is that sense certainly of why, uh, you know, why did that happen? But I have to say it was pretty short period for, you know, for me. Um, I think just fortunately I got to a place very quickly, you know, when you can ask why and, uh, conversely, you know, why not? It, you know, why not me? Why not not us? It, it certainly happens to people all the time. Christians certainly aren't immune, as you all, all are very well aware of. So it wasn't, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't something that really wrecked us, I would say, mm-hmm. at that time. That's so sweet. I want to share something about Claire. She just lights up my world. Every time I come on Sundays, she sings her heart out, and I am moved by it every Sunday. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I'm going to just ask this, and you guys can speak up if you would like to answer it. Do you have any advice for how to find balance between caring for a child with extra needs, work, family, your marriage, and especially in those early years? I, we we talked about this, and I I don't think there's a magic answer for this. Um, I think it's survival. You know, it's going to Costco together or driving around in your minivan, going and get, getting gas. Oh, there's a long line of, at the at Costco gas. Perfect, great time to talk, right? Um, I, I think it's so organic and just has to be make the best of whatever the situation is. Um, and give yourself a lot of um, grace and kindness because it's really hard. We had a we went to a speaker. Um, she was giving a talk about uh, for parents of with kids with all kinds of dif- difficulties, behavior difficulties, and she said, um, "Think of your parenting as each child is three mm-hmm. typical kids, and that helps so much." Right? Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, no wonder it's so hard. Yeah. I'm running around. Right. Exactly. You do, the, you do some multiplication, and it makes you feel so much better. So that's the other piece I would say is mm-hmm. it, the, our dating doesn't look the same. Our self-care doesn't look the same. Exactly. One of the things we talk about often is backwards blessings. It's like blessings that come at you from a completely backwards way. And one of those is, yay, there's a long line at Costco. (laughs) More time to talk. All right, Mona says, I'd love for you to answer this. As parents who have weathered the storm, do you have any advice for the adolescent years? Okay, I guess uh, a couple things. Um, And I know this is a kind of a part of another question, but I'll I'll talk about... um, if you have more than just your special needs child, you have another um, another child, at least one or maybe two others in those same years. And so uh, we have, um, you know, Stephanie's 33. We, she has a 30-year-old uh, brother, Michael. And so when they were adolescents, 
you know, we, we poured a lot of our energy into Michael's world and Michael's life. And he was, um, you know, he was really into sports. He was into, very active. And so my, my advice would be to make sure you don't, you know, forget about that. And it's, um, you know, it's easy to forget about because of the uh, demands and the, um, the things that go on with a special needs child. And then the other thing I would add to that during the adolescent years is there are certain things that happen during those adolescent years. And you got to lean into it and let it happen and not, um, you know, not be afraid to help your child through those uh, needs that they have. Uh, yeah, like hormone type stuff. Um, and, and, and really just kind of make sure they know that they're not, you know, they're not doing anything wrong. It's okay. Um, and, um, you know, just not, not be afraid to, to really hit it head on. So, Absolutely. Beths, did you want to add anything to that? Because those adolescent years are tough. Um, I would just add, so we, when we got married and we came home from the honeymoon, we came home to five children. So we've never been alone. Um, one thing, everybody's unique. Our daughter happens to be introverted, so she loves to watch. So this was fun for her. She's got all these sisters now where she only had one before. Now she's got four, and while they're interacting, she's watching. So it was a win for her. But I would say I would give you both sides of it. If you find yourself in a season where the other children are needing so much more, in our case, you know, Claire was able to be content kind of watching and just going along. That was, that was filling her cup, if you will. I don't shame myself for that now. Those four kids are gone, and we still have Claire. So Claire's getting 100% now. She gets her nails done. I do all her makeup and all the tweezing and, I mean, everything you can imagine, which she never got before, but she looks great now. So, <laughs> so what I'm saying is, you know, this is the case even without special needs. Our, our kids go through seasons, and this is a time where she's getting more of us. So I don't feel guilty for the changes that she had to go through. I mean, just hearing that, I mean, that, that breathes life into us at the age we're at to realize, you know, you have additional years with your special needs child um, where the other one's going to be moving out. So, you know, taking advantage and recognizing maybe they don't get all the attention sometime and the kids that are going to move out do. I think that's tremendously wise advice. Mm -hmm. So... How have you handled differences in parenting careers? I'm going to throw it at you, and if you need to throw it back, go ahead. Uh, well, just to begin, differences are always going to come. Uh, there's always conflict. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there, there's always conflict. There's always misunderstandings. Uh, the biggest thing I can say is just communication. Um, the big, One of the biggest hurdles that we did, I think, was just being able to understand each other and communicate. Um, and that comes from me that I closed down a lot, so I wouldn't communicate. It took a lot from me and also her input to be able to encourage and get me to start opening up. Um, especially, like we, you know, we always say, the male figure, you know, be hard and be strong, but it's, it's that aspect of being able to open up, uh, especially with a child with special needs. Um, it, it's a big aspect of even the simple understanding of <clears throat> their needs, being able to open and 
put ourselves in a community like this that actually help uh, be able to open my heart and open my thought to understanding them, also understanding us. <laughs> I don't know if you want to add something to that. Mm, no, just that. I mean, I think a lot of it was communicating. You know, we'd have to... I'd always have to be like, nope, we're not going to go to bed until we resolve this because <laughs> tomorrow is just I'm going to keep holding this grudge and then it's going to go on and on and on and we're never going to get this resolved. So if we have to stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> we will stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning. That, I mean, it's not perfect advice, but that has worked for us. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, you're up anyway, right? <laughs> I think I'm... Part of our story is that I went back to school and became a mental health counselor. Um, and I think the thing that really helped us was realizing that each party, each parent is doing the best they can. They're, they're reacting from maybe their childhood, their trauma, how they think it's right to parent. And so the benefit of the doubt of this person loves me and loves our child and they're just operating from that and that that kindness and love of course it's not necessarily perfect if there's a conflict but just agreeing that we both love this child and we both love each other and we're trying to do the best we can and then counseling because then you have a third party that kind of helps and we needed it yeah yeah we found our marriage has always been strong, and that was always priority number one to keep us together. But our personalities are very different, and the kids would be able to reveal that instantly and put us against each other and know which one was going to say yes and which one was going to say no. And they got away with it. And when they got into their teen years it became even more of a problem. And that's where I think counseling was really helpful for me because I started to realize that Cheryl would ramp up control. And as soon as control would enter our house, I would back off. Mm -hmm. And so that push-pull that we found didn't become clear until counseling. And a lot of it was me understanding, why, you know, why is that important? Well, she needed me to ramp up control too so she could feel comfortable that everything was safe and it was gonna work out. And so in that process of discovery, you know, you think you've got it all together, but then as we said, the whack-a-mole comes up and you gotta figure out what's next. Well, you gotta figure out it within yourself too. And, and keeping the bond, the marriage bond as priority one was huge and felt like the easy part. But learning about each other and how we respond within trials was really important. So I agree with the counseling piece of that. Mm -hmm. Sherry, you wanted to add something. Um, I think it's great that we have different parenting styles because I think that our kids benefit from, they kind of get the best of both of us. So uh, we definitely have different parenting styles. Our daughter knows who to go to to get the yes. <laughs> She's figured that out. And so, um, and that's okay. I think that uh, one of the things, though, that helps is you sort of, it's teamwork, and you kind of, you either fall into it or you assign each other what, what roles you're going to play in their lives. 
the things that Steve's good at, that's what he does with our daughter. The things I'm good at is what I do. And I think that it's important to remember that when one or the other has taken control of a certain area, that the other spouse really respects that and doesn't try to undermine it and go or say, no, 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 this, let's do it this way. I think, you know, if Steve takes the time to figure out a, a challenge that we have, I need to respect that and do it, you know, definitely try it his way first. Um, and, you know, and if not, then we can come together and talk about it. But um, I think that's really important. That is, that is so good, you guys. You know, often we have, um, we find that our own family members don't understand. We kind of alluded to that earlier, our choices as a couple, but then also as parents of children with special needs. And so how did you guys, what would you actually encourage our couples? In what way would you encourage them to be able to handle those sticky situations? It can work for you in that no one spends 24-7 like your spouse you have support people, you have extended family, but we're together. We, we know um, our child together. We are 100% invested. We don't always agree, but we have each other. And um, I would just say you can pour into that, that you, you have that deep connection. And when you feel that, when people think they know your child better than you do, and they, they give you advice, and they're telling you, or they're asking you, why do you do it that way? Oh. And they don't know, but the point is, we tried everything else. That's how we, we didn't just get here on day one. We, we tried all those other things, and this is how, and, and uh, rather than fight or be angry at them, it's just good to know we know. And if we know, we know. So does that, does that make any it. sense? Oh, yeah. That made perfect sense. I'll, I'll, I just wanted to add that I think um, boundaries are really important, right? And so we know our kids. We know exactly what they need. So I'm really sorry that we can't come to the birthday for five and a half hours or five and a half days or whatever the expectation is. We'll be there. We'll be there or one part of us will be there or the gift will be there or, you know, just holding the boundary of what you know that your family can handle. Uh, and that does speak to siblings too, because that's where there's disappointment, right? Is like, Maybe there's a child that can't handle that thing and the rest of the family can and figuring out as a family how you're going to do that and keep the communication open with everybody in the family, even the littles that can't go to the birthday party because brother just had a complete meltdown and cracked his head open or whatever. Like the communication in the family and sticking together. We're a family. We stick together and we're going to do what's best for each other. And sometimes we're going to go to the birthday party and sometimes we're not. And sometimes we're going to come to Christmas and sometimes we're going to be late and all that stuff. So I think the boundary of this is what we're going to do. It's so hard. It's so, it's so much harder than what I'm saying. I think to add is also, we didn't have a lot of family support. It was almost like every decision we made, our family was wondering, why are you doing that? And so we ended up surrounding ourselves with friends and supportive help. And it takes an army sometimes. And to you know what Eric said earlier, he's flying out the trusted member from Tennessee so that they can have a break. 
And that's exactly what it's about, is you have to find that army to surround yourself that's supportive and life-giving and able to really lift you up when you're down. And in our case, it wasn't our family, which was hard. It was hard to really accept that. But once we found those people around us, then it made all the difference. You know, I just in hearing all of you guys, there's just these qualities that come out, the humility, um, you know, which I think is a tremendous quality for marriage in order to make things work. And then the partnership aspect, all of you are talking about, you know, taking roles on in the marriage and working with it and spending the long hours to to be able to, uh, you know, work through things. It's, it's, it's work, and usually it's work when the kids are to bed. So totally, I mean, appreciate you guys sharing. Um, this question, how do you find time to invest in your marriage? Because obviously that's what all of you are demonstrating. You spend time investing in your marriage. And what creative advice can you give to, you know, couples for ways to invest uh, when they can't get it, you know, it, in a very easy way? Um, so... Real quick, just to touch on right before uh, that question, I uh, wanted to say the biggest thing that Eric had mentioned before is don't feel guilty. I think that was one of the biggest things Go growing into the relationship with my son. It was like I felt guilty that I was leaving a family party. I felt guilty, I w you know, I wasn't there for Christmas. And it's like, no, you know what? My son has needs. We had needs. And that's where it's like I needed to recognize that and say, hey, I need to do this for us, not for, yeah, not for my other family or extended family, but for this family. Um, and then speaking on us, the biggest thing I think was letting the wife make the plans and letting her <laughs> schedule it in my calendar because if it was up, up to me, I probably wouldn't do anything. <laughs> um, I do like to do things every now and again, a little spontaneous here and there, and that reminds her that I care. But the biggest thing was just she needed to plan it out so that we can execute that relationship, that time together, that Dairy Queen run every now and again, um, things like that. Um, I think also for me it was um, learning each other's love language. Um, because once we learned each other's love language, I think that was the best thing for us. Um, like, for, for example, for me, it's quality time. So um, putting our kids to bed early <laughs> and then just sitting down and having a movie together, having a coffee together, and just sitting together and being together, that's literally my love language. And that has kept us very in sync, and it fills my, fills my cup you know, and his are words of affirmation. So while we're having our quality time, I'm feeding him with those words of affirmation. And that for us has really made the biggest difference in, uh, for us in, in our marriage. We've grown so much closer together. We've um, been able to talk and communicate so much more. And so I think that that's, that's what works for us. <laughs> we'll just switch off. That was amazing, you guys. That's, that was such a good example. Um, we're going to wrap up with one last question. What's one thing that you would share to help and encourage these couples and bring hope for their road ahead? So we'll give it, we'll kind of go from the outside in. You know, <clears throat> thinking back through the years and the different instances, uh, you know, the challenges along the way, uh, you're looking back, it's like, all right, well, we got through it. 
you know, this will pass, and there will always be something else, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not like it's life-ending. Um, we'll get through it. God will help get us through it. One thing that's tough for me, I'm going to slip in two. So counseling, got to have it. Got to have it. Don't wait till there's a crisis. If you don't have a counselor yet, get with somebody here and get some recommendations because you stole our point. I was like, you got to have a counselor. The second thing I would say is um, this is just our situation, but I just want to say it. This is my little plug. I tortured myself as a Christian for years and thinking that we couldn't get our daughter on medication. So wherever you're at on that, there's grace for all the sides of that. But I just want to testify here that I was doing my daughter a disservice by that. And uh, her life and our lives are much better because I finally allowed her to to take advantage of that. So if you're there, I'm here to speak to that today. I would say because we have an adult, you know, we have adult children, um, when your son or daughter gets to a place where they're adults and you need to think about their their lives as adults and what it's going to look like, um, I would recommend you do so sooner rather than later. You want to go through those kind of, it's a, a big transition. You want to go through that in a time where you've planned it, not because of a result of a crisis that's happened in your family. You know, you've lost a family member or something like that. So I would be, you know, I think it's important to think about that and get them set up in their adult setting um, and uh, all that goes with that um, sooner rather than later. And then one last thing, if I could uh, mention, is uh, we have always prayed for the woman that our son's going to marry, who his spouse will be someday, because... And he does not have special needs, no. And... We, uh, we have always prayed for that because that person's going to have a big influence on our son's life and how what his relationship may or may not be like with his sister as they're older. So, you know, that's... And if I can give a quick little plug, uh, we have been praying for that. And our son is currently dating a woman. This is just so a God thing. He's uh, dating a woman who has a brother who has special needs. So, you know, God hears your prayers. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, just, uh, you know, as far as the, like what you mentioned about uh, thinking about when your child's an adult, um, supported living has it changed our life, you know, when, when Stephanie moved out of the house. I know it's not for everybody, um, but um, it was it was life changing, and then I'll just add that um, you know God made these kids perfectly. You know, um, He loves them, and He is. You know, there's trials in life. I mean, everybody's got their thing. Everybody's got trials, and God will use this trial f- to demonstrate His glory. So that's a. That's really something that you got to remember. Read James. Read the book of James as much as you can because it talks about that and, and, um, and just really hold on to that. And for us, you know, um, you know, God's really turned this trial into blessing. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to even think that 
we're in a trial with Stephanie because of the blessings that he's provided. So that was really good. Um, I want to share uh, every situation is different and we understand that. And so hopefully something resonates tonight from any of these stories or situations. I want to share that when our teenagers were giving us the biggest fight and pushing hard against us, we were told by somebody to pick relationship over rules. And as soon as we stopped fighting for good grades or you know what our expectations for our kids were, and we started fighting for a relationship, um, we have much better relationships now with our kids because we made that change. So it was just a simple thing somebody said do you want relationship or do you want those rules? And it was important. So I just want to leave that with you as a thought, something to think about. Well, I remember actually talking to my counselor about relationship over rules, and I'm, it wasn't easy. No. It was like every week I would go in, this, this, this happened. Oh, well, what about that thing you said? Oh, yeah, relationship, right? Um <laughs> But validation was something we learned, so I'm just going to share that. Um, and I always thought validation was like agreeing. Mm-hmm. No, validation is helping that person to understand that you understand what they are experiencing. Um, so the best example is one of our kids decided to vape, and I was like so against it. And for like four months, I was trying to tell him how this how it was so bad for him, bad, 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 bad. And everything changed relationship over rules when I sat down and just asked him why why do you do it what do you like which you know went against every fiber of my being and it's such a dumb example but I think just the fact that you can have a conversation with someone and try to understand their perspective and it makes everything go down all the anger goes away or some of it at least to to just feel understood in that moment, like I'm just going to try to understand what you're what you're doing and what where you're coming from. Um, the advice that I would give is build your tribe. Um, I have plenty of faces that I see here that have become friends through this Hope on the Hard Road ministry, um, doing the zooms, doing the moms. You know, my husband doing the dads, doing this couple thing. I've met so many families, and um, they are now friends. And whenever I'm having a hard time and going through something with my son or with my daughter, I can just easily pick up a text and be like, hey, I just need a vent right now. You don't have to answer to my text message. I just need to let you know (laughs) what I'm going through right now. And literally, just by the end of the day, I have a little prayer in my phone that they've sent to me or just a nice thought or words or the next day that I see them, they're giving me a hug and saying, I hope everything was okay. And that is everything sometimes when you're in the middle of it. So um, my advice is just make friends and build your tribe. Uh, Realistically, just to add to that, I said it earlier, you know, building that community, getting together with other people. Um, I'm not one to start doing that, I guess. Um, But I, I fed into it and I went into it and it's the best thing uh, for, for our marriage, for 
the life itself for my son. I built a lot of resources and also just being able to talk to somebody if you needed it, um, be able to vent, <laughs> um, everything in between. It's just build that community, okay? Thank you guys, and thank you for your transparency because that just goes so far in terms of people understanding and, and seeing what, what makes a successful marriage. Resources and contact information for today's podcast will be included in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share us with others and be sure to follow us so you won't miss an episode. And we'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment or rating and connect with us on social media or on our website at hopeonthehardroad.org.